We will see new faces in the championship four. Let's predict what's going to happen at Phoenix. Plus talk about the road to get there. What happened at Martinsville? We'll break it all down in this episode of Above the Yellow Line. For this Martinsville race, Goodyear brought a brand new tire to the track. We're going to talk about that and how this might have helped or hurt the product that we saw ranking Martinsville amongst the rest of the short track races that we've had the past two seasons with the Gen 7 car. But of course, the bread and butter of this episode is talking about this race as a cutoff race into the Championship 4 and winning his way into the Championship 4, his first Championship 4 appearance in his Cup Series career. That was Ryan Blaney. Blaney clearly had the car to beat on Sunday. I think the car that came closest to him was Denny Hamlin's. That number 12 Ford Mustang was so strong. It was the dominant car all race long. Even when he was contending for position with Denny Hamlin and other playoff drivers, Blaney's car was just better than the rest. And it showed in practice too. He had a really good long run speed and I was hoping it would transfer over to the actual race. And it did. To see where this team was at the start of the season, even up until the playoffs to now, Blaney has three wins now this season, two of those coming in the playoffs and at crucial times. It is a very good thing to see Penske trying to find speed when it matters most. And if you remember last year for Ryan Blaney, his round of eight was not good at all. It destroyed his championship hopes. This year, the round of eight is the round that propelled him to championship caliber. So congrats to that 12 team. And even though that car was dominant, it was still a hard fought win between Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, and even William Byron. I will throw Martin Truex Jr. in there as well. Unfortunately for the two Joe Gibbs drivers that were below that cutoff line for Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr., they will not advance to race for a championship at Phoenix. Hamlin was only a few points short when he came to the line. And for Martin Truex Jr., his chances fell short pretty early in the race after a speeding penalty and an issue on pit road with the jack. After the race, Truex talked about his playoffs, saying if there was ever a 50-50 call, it was most likely always going to be against them. He talked about a blown engine, a flat tire, you name it. They literally had every problem under the sun for this 19 team in the playoffs. It really did not go the way that we all envisioned it for the regular season champ. As for Denny Hamlin, he was incredibly gracious in his post-race interview. I know for all you Denny Hamlin fans out there, he is the winningest driver, 51 wins without a championship in the Cup Series. And having that chance to get a championship that felt so realistic early in these playoffs just kind of slipped from his fingers yet again is brutal. Ultimately, what sealed the fate of the 11 team, according to Denny Hamlin after the race, was that mechanical failure that the team had at Homestead the previous week. So with Hamlin missing the championship for another year in a row, the question is, okay, how many chances left does Hamlin have to win a championship? Well, Hamlin made it very clear that his career is far from over. He still has a lot of drive left in him. He's going to be around for many more years. How many more of those years will be championship running years? I still think he has a lot of those left. For his age, he is still winning a lot of races a season. I, I consider, I, I mean, I guess bold prediction, maybe not, but I think next year he gets into the championship four. I'm going to call it now. Uh, we're marking the date, but this is Sunday, October 29th is when I'm recording this. At like 8.40 p.m., I'd say Denny Hamlin gets into the championship four next year. I don't know if that's bold or not, but I still think he has a shot at winning a championship for the next few years, hands down. I, I think that is realistic for me to say. But of course, that championship will not come this year. He finishes in the third position, going 
going back to the second position, though, Eric Almarola, he just announced his retirement from full-time racing in the Cup Series. We still expect him to be around part-time. We just don't know what capacity that's going to be, where he's going to be, and what that looks like. So we're going to expect some announcements soon, hopefully, just trying to figure out what Eric Almarola is going to be doing. But this is two top 10 finishes in a row for that 10 team. And overall, I have to say, two teams that really impressed me during this race were Stuart Haas Racing and Team Penske. For Stuart Haas Racing, Chase Briscoe also finishing inside the top 10. He finished in fourth, Joey Logano in fifth, and Austin Sendrick in ninth. Skipping around a little bit, we had Kyle Larson in sixth, Chris Revelle seventh, Chris Buescher finished in the eighth position, which in my opinion, politely, it's a miracle that team did not have the starting position that they needed. They didn't have the car that they needed, but a really good pit strategy call got them the track position that they needed. But that 17 team has to be proud of their season because going from what they had last year at RFK to what they have this year is incredible. And I would hope that they continue that momentum and bring it forward. There is no way that this team can fall back now. Next year has to be on par, if not better than what they had this season. It's very impressive what RFK has been able to do do so really sucks to not see Chris Buescher being able to win this race making it into the championship four but I would hope that they have a chance at the, doing the same thing next season and rounding out the top 10 was Todd Gilliland this is his first top 10 since Talladega in the spring so really good day for him in 12th, we have Martin Trix Jr. 13th, William Byron. He had an awful day, but the best possible outcome as he will race for a championship. His points gap going into this race really helped him. And really not a factor during this race, Tyler Reddick. He had a spinger in qualifying that did not get him the track position he needed to start this race, and that didn't help him at all. And quite honestly, the poor track position to start this race didn't help William Byron either. They weren't able to move forward. And that brings me into the race rating. A lot of people online did not like this race. And I, I guess I don't totally understand why. For me, it was leaps and bounds ahead of what we had in the spring at Martinsville. But I know that there are still some issues that need to be worked out with the short track package. We we made some improvements, but there is still a long way to go. On the positive, uh, again, a really good tire from Goodyear. It was a softer tire compound. It laid down more rubber, which kind of allowed these drivers to work more grooves than what we had in the spring. I will say, though, I think the weather, that the hot weather that was in Martinsville, Virginia this afternoon did also help with that tire wear. So altogether, a, I think a perfect storm to give this new tire a really good chance at succeeding, and I think it did. Where there is work to be done, and I'm going to be a broken record, but I don't like the shifting at short tracks. I don't like that we have a low horsepower. We've got to crank that up. So I think if we can fix those issues, combine it with this new tire that we have, I think that we are smooth sailing uh, with this package with the Gen 7 car. I will say, though, this reminded me, though, of a classic Martinsville race. It also, the racing kind of reminded me, kind of reminiscent of what we had with the Gen 6 car at this track, and I could be totally off. But this wasn't a short track race where I was sitting on my couch bored. And I think a lot of this does have to do with the playoff implications and the point situations and playing that up. I understand that is a major factor in this. But we also saw that drivers towards the front of the field mainly were able to gain track position when they could if they had strong enough cars. The tire wear definitely helped. And we had really long green flag runs, which was awesome. I think according to Joseph Strigley, this is the longest green flag run at the track since 1996. And I, I love to see it again, very reminiscent of a classic market. Martinsville race. With that said, this wasn't just leaps and bounds ahead of what we had at Martinsville in the spring. This was leaps and bounds ahead of what we had at the short tracks period with the Gen 7 car, in my opinion. Drama aside, uh, I know last time we went to Bristol, I get what, 2022 in the fall, there was a lot of tire issues and that was drama filled and it made the race, I guess, fun. But that was the only thing that made the race fun because the package just wasn't there. With this race though, the package, we're inching closer to something that actually works pretty well. I think this race was enjoyable. Overall, I'm going to give it a 78% above the yellow line.
With all that said, your championship four going into Phoenix is Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, and Ryan Blaney, who won their way into the championship four, and pointing their way in was William Byron. So we got three of the beasts <laughs> into the championship four. If you watch the live streams, you know what I'm talking about. For Ryan Blaney and William Byron, this is their first championship four appearance. Something else pretty cool about this championship four group that we have is that three of them have never won a championship. So three of them will be going for their first championship, while Kyle Larson is going to go for his second. And this is a relatively young championship for Kyle Larson, the oldest at 31 years old, William Byron, the youngest at 25. And when it's all said and done, even with the parody that we have seen with this Gen 7 car, the powerhouse teams of Joe Gibbs, Penske, and Hendrick find themselves in the championship four. We don't have a wildcard team like RFK or Trackhouse making it in this year. However, based on the stats, we do kind of have a wild card or an underdog pick, kind of. So let's go through this, trying to talk about, well, who has the advantage heading into Phoenix? Of course, William Byron won this race in the spring, so that turns heads right there. But of those four drivers, Byron and Larson have the most wins at this track, but they only have one win. Overall, the track average finishes since 2024. These drivers, Blaney is the best at 9.3. Larson 9.8, Byron 9.9, .9, and Bell 14.4. So he lags behind a little bit. And for these drivers overall track average finishes, Kyle Larson is the best with 11.7, Byron and Blaney tie with 11.9, and Bell again 14.4. So recently, this track has been pretty good to Penske. Remember Joey Logano winning the championship last year. Ryan Blaney, though, had a pretty dominant car. And of course, with Hendrick Motorsports being pretty favorable to them as well. So right then and there, I see Penske and Hendrick having an advantage going into Phoenix this coming week. And if we look back at that championship race last year that Joey Logano won, we see kind of where these drivers fell. And they were all top 10 drivers almost all day long, with the exception of Christopher Bell, who finished stage one in the 11th. Otherwise, all of these championship contenders were within the top 10. Kyle Larson finished ninth, Bell 10th, Byron 6th, and Blaney, of course, 2nd. If we want to look at more recent stats, though, at this track, let's look to how these drivers did in the spring. Again, they were all top 10 contenders, mostly top five contenders during the race. Larson finished fourth. He got that stage two win. Bell finished sixth. William Byron won stage one and won the race. And then Ryan Blaney finished in that second position. So again, we know that these drivers have proven to be top 10, top five contenders or race winners at this track. However, it all comes down, in my opinion, to qualifying at Phoenix because track position at this track matters. So I'm not saying if you don't qualify well, kiss your championship hopes goodbye, but I am saying usually during these championship events in most recent history, cautions have been minimal. I mean, drivers want to be pretty respectful of the championship four. They want to stay out of their way, stay out of trouble. So if you qualify well at this track, you're going to have track position pretty much the entire time. You just cannot make mistakes. That is the big thing here. These drivers have to be flawless. So I know your question to me is, Taylor, well, who's your championship pick? Because clearly the one that I came into the playoffs with is no longer in contention. I thought Denny Hamlin was going to win the championship. That's not going to happen anymore. And I can't just tell you all it's going to be anybody's game, even though it totally is with the time that Larson has had to prepare his car for Phoenix, the extra week or I guess two weeks maybe that Bell has had to prepare his car for Phoenix and the success that Byron and Blaney have had at the track in the most recent history. It is anyone's game, but if you want an actual answer for me, I'll just throw it out there. I, I think Kyle Larson gets his second championship this coming weekend at Phoenix. I, I really do. Of course, though, I am totally a fan of seeing a first-time champion. Like, can you imagine the excitement after the, the season that Penske has had for Ryan Blaney to just steal a championship from the rest of those teams? Can you imagine 25-year-old William Byron from sim racing to the real thing winning a Cup Series title? That'd be pretty incredible. And though Ryan Blaney is kind of an underdog in this championship fight, though I will say he's proven himself worthy most recently, look at Christopher Bell. What if he won a championship? 
championship. So there are some pretty good storylines going into this championship race, and the journalist in me is very excited about that. But that aside, I am really excited to see who takes the championship this coming weekend at Phoenix. Regardless of who it is, I am thrilled with the outcome. This is a very interesting championship for maybe not as interesting as what we had last year, but I think it's definitely on par. All of these drivers in their own right have earned their way into this spot. I am happy with whoever gets it. And in case you need a reminder, at 10 p.m. Eastern time this coming Friday, the Truck Series will crown a champion. Their championship four is Carson Hosevar, Corey Heim, Ben Rhodes, and Grant Infinger. And I'm just going to claim it now. I, I think that Hosevar gets the championship. I would love to see a Cinderella story ending for GMS Racing to see Grant Infinger take it. But I, I think this is Hosevar's year. He's had a stellar performance in the Truck Series and anything he's done in Cup as well. I think Josevar, this is his year. He gets the championship for the truck series. As for the Xfinity series, this coming Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, they will crown their champion and their championship for is Justin Allgaier, Sam Mayer, John Hunter Niemanchuk, and Cole Custer. Now I did do a recap of this race because there was a lot to break down after it, so make sure to watch that after this video. But as to who I think is going to win the championship, this one is a bit of a toss-up. It's not as cut and dry as I think the Truck Series race is going to be. I'm a little concerned for Junior Motorsport just because last year at Phoenix, they did not bring the equipment that they needed. So that's why I'm leaning a little bit more towards John Hunter Niemanchuk. We know that Gibbs had a really strong car last year. I think if they bring that same equipment or that same type of package to what John Hunter Niemanchuk is going to have this time around, I think Niemanchuk just kind of takes it hands down and he needs a championship. We have seen so many championships slip through John Hunter Niemanchuk's hands. I, I just want to see him finally win one before he moves on to the Cup Series. However, I will say if anyone's going to give him a fight, it's going to be Justin Allgaier. So for me, it's between those two for a championship. But again, don't count Sam Mayer out. Don't count Cole Custer out. But it's going to be very interesting. And of course, the Cup Series Championship race is on NBC starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. The Xfinity race will be on USA and the Truck Series finale on FS1. So keep that in mind as you're looking through the channels and figuring out where everything's going to be this coming weekend. So what did you think of the Martinsville Cup Series and Xfinity Series races? Let me know in the comments below. Also, let me know your championship predictions. I love seeing when people get this 100% right. Maybe that's you. Maybe this is your lucky year. So let me know those in the comments below as well. Make sure to visit tobychristie.com for more NASCAR news and just motorsports news in general. Also, make sure to check out abovethealaline.com for more about our show and the official Above the Yellow Line merchandise. We have one race to go in 2023, which is absolutely insane. The season has flown by, but I am very excited for this weekend's championship events. I look forward to it. Hopefully, you all have a good race weekend. Thank you all for the support. And until next time, I'll see ya. Bye. It's the last few days of Dysautonomia Awareness Month. To learn more about it, make sure to click the video on the left. And for more NASCAR content, click the video on the right and the links in the description.